0: It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lacs Class. Lacrosse fans, what's up? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class is now in session right here on the home of Lax Class, the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. My name is Jake Elliott, and my co-host name is Brad Challoner. Welcome back, or if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, We hope you enjoy this upcoming episode here that should take you through the next hour or so. As lots to talk about and another great guest lined up as well. We got a stallion of the week. We got Jimmer back with something else. Quick sticks and our calls to the hall. Brad challenger before we have a chat. Uh, Bobby Whipper Watson coming in. Uh, 2011 Hall of Fame inductee going in by himself. So we'll look forward To Whippers, we ran him down this week. Uh, Speaking of this week, welcome back to the podcast. How was your weekend? I know uh, we're recording here on a Sunday as you continue to throw my routine out the window, which always throws me off a little bit, but you had a bit of a domestic day with the kids and shutting Christmas down and all that sort of stuff. How's it going? Yeah,
1: ceremoniously taking on the Christmas lights today, but the spirit lives on in our hearts and in our minds, right? Mm. Part in the part in the corn mm. and the cheese. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's always ceremonious to take it down. I was like, I needed to wait for a couple dry days because I didn't want to pack
0: away. What are you? Like, like, are you a big Christmas, Christmas guy? Like, do you get into the decoration? I know you like the Christmas cheer, but uh you know, like, are you like, do you look forward to it and all that? You know, setting yeah, up. Yeah, I,
1: I like the nostalgia. I like the memories, and obviously, I I, I program a Christmas music radio oh, station, yeah, right. Right. so the music is <laughs> the music is a pretty big and special and important part yeah. in my life. But I also. I'm so done on like Boxing Day morning. I'm just like, because we start early. I think we have the decorations up like mid November, And then my Boxing Day morning. Mid
0: November. That's, oh, that's yeah. a little offside. Well, our, our radio station flipped on November 13th. Yeah. yeah so year. I guess you got to follow my, no, this my, was, my This was a weird year. People either loved
1: Christmas this year, like and yeah. embraced it more than ever, just based on the times we're in. And some people were like, I can't see anybody. It's not the same. I'm basically not even doing Shut Christmas this year. Yeah. I was somewhere. I was somewhere in the middle. Like uh, we got to spent a lot of time on uh, Zoom, and I'm sure sure drank and ate like it was a regular <laughs> Christmas. But you know, it sucks <laughs> not seeing people. And by Boxing Day, I was done. So yeah. it felt nice to tear the lights down today. W- I think
0: I'm, yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like as soon as New Year's hits, the trees coming down, and and the decorations uh, come down for the most part. Uh, my family is a bit different. Like. I don't have a whole lot of memories as a young child about Christmas. My parents split up when I was about 6, and my mom was all about it. Like she loved Christmas and the tree and the decorations and the like all of it. And my like my dad never put up Christmas lights on the house. We like there were years when we would just like stack presents around the big old wooden television.
1: Like we, well, I was going to say, you'd have to go over and like, do, you have to go over and do it for him. You like know? we wouldn't even the, the, the have divorced a tree. dad living by himself. Yeah. You have to go put up the tree. Well, no, I mean like, Hey, I'm a
0: single up. kind of dad, like I'm not single, but I live on my own and, and I have my daughter over here for Christmas. So I go through all that, but, uh, you know, I put one up in her room. I put one up in the main room and put some lights up and stuff. I make an effort, but, uh, yeah, I just kind of have two, like. Different experiences as far as Christmas goes. Uh, growing up as a kid, like one parent was right in, the other one was, like, it was just kind of odd that way. Anyways, um, how was the weekend? Uh, other than that, like, you did you did you get out and do anything?
1: I uh, got to the gym That's on good. Sunday morning. Saturday feels like it was a whirlwind again. On what you You want Saturday?
0: to talk before we, we before we talk about uh, what we're going to talk about here in the open? But you want to talk about whirlwind? Friday morning, I got up early, got my my daughter to school, you know, before nine o'clock. Then decided I was gonna go for a, for a good hike up the hill and and did the crunch a few times, and uh, then then ran by Extreme Threads and and picked some stuff up there. Well, we'll maybe mention that a bit later as well. And then got home as soon as I kind of got home, and I was like, all right, I was ready to kind of do some video stuff. And got a got a text from my sister saying. Uh, that my dad could get the vaccine but had to go back to his long-term care home. She lives in Maple Ridge. The care home's in Coquitlam, so we're talking like 35, 40-minute drive. Uh, but they had to make sure that there was doses at the care home for everybody there and the workers and everything, and then said, like, oh, hey, there's one for your dad if you can get him here. So with, like, virtually, like, an hour's notice, whip out the Maple Ridge, me and the, the sister's husband, like, pick up my dad in his chair, essentially like 200 pounds down the stairs. He goes into the car, got him vaccinated, got him back out to Maple Ridge. And like, I was like, they're like, Oh, you can do it now. Or you can wait a month. I was like, this is happening right like i like oh, yeah. it you didn't wanna, matter
1: well the way that it's going you don't know if, you, if you're going to say no then it's not going to be there right the next time around did you have to go in did you have to take them inside of no or just drive up in
0: the car and oh, and right there but it was like it was it was an ordeal so anyways that was a pretty big friday it was an early night uh that evening but
1: well i'm glad to hear the yeah man glad to hear the vaccinations are making the rounds oh. and getting to some important people right. out there
0: well had a lot of people asking me like oh how do you get it why do you get it and this and that there was a big outbreak in his home so i think they made that a priority to get it to, so it's coming it's coming but uh nice good to hear you he got good yeah so that was really great news and kind of started off the weekend in a good uh good light there and we got, we got so much to talk about this week we should probably what? get to that
1: i wanted to talk about whipper for a second
0: like no. I, I never i never called a whipper me game. i was thinking that and i don't think i
1: did either he he retired after winning the championship with Toronto over Washington in 2011, and then I got the Washington job in 2012, and he was already he, he had yeah. rolled off into the even summer ball.
0: Then. Like I like I try to remember, like he won the Man Cup in 02. I haven't really checked, but uh, I'm pretty sure I never like called the Manor with with Whipper in it. And uh, man, like he right up six. there is like the best of the best. As and far as I think
1: go. Largely considered the best Until Matt Vince Sort yeah. of went on the on the run that he did and, Just money and in big games Surpassed him in, in saves and wins and everything But yeah, they call Whipper like the best Big game, one and done Goaltender ever, because yeah. the goalies now You know, it's not like it's, we're playing best of fives Or best of sevens in the National Lacrosse League But they're best yet. of threes and, and two games And so it's a little bit of a longer haul for the goaltenders, but you know, there's many of coach and, and player that has quoted saying, if we're, "If we're playing a one and done lacrosse game, I want, I
0: want Bob Watson." Remember in that the net. 2011 duel between him and Tyler Richards? Like what eight, was it? Seven. Oh, it was man. an
1: eight-seven championship game between a guy. both of them. Yeah, Wh- Whipper ready to retire, and T. Rich in like his second or third Time. season, who had just won a ring the year before against Whipper. Like yeah. that was a real and he was, that was a sensational real that
0: game as well. Yeah, yeah, that was an unbelievable goaltending duel. I remember that twenty eleven game vividly. Yeah, so I'm,
1: I'm excited to talk to him. He's got six rings on his finger. Hall of Famer. uh only person to go in in twenty eleven, I yeah. believe,
0: was his class. Yeah. Carries a gun on his in, own in, in, in his day job as well. Uh, police officer, Bob Watson. So, well, uh, we'll look forward to that conversation. And, and while we're talking about Hall of Famers here off the top, Brad, uh, Stampede Stallion coming up. But we still don't know, like, if April is going to be a thing or not. And there's a lot of guys that deserve to get into the Hall. And And going back to when Mike French was on, mentioned – 303D and two no what was it you tell me
1: he when mike french was on our show episode 102 i believe back in september um he had told us 303D2 builders would be heading in Um, that was kind of where
0: no goalies. Cause there's like tons of
1: goalies. Right. Yeah. Well, seriously, they they really felt that they needed to represent the D guys and there's a lot of old guys that can get in. So they thought, Hey, let's put a smaller cap on. It's going to be a bigger class never before, but they wanted to put some sort of number on capping things at, at three and three this time around. And, and that could have changed by now, but that was what Mike French said on this show on record a couple months ago. And that was sort of getting circulated on, on Twitter again this week. And, once people realized that uh, if they had missed the show, that that was some of the numbers that he set in stone. How now dare it's like, you okay, miss well, the show, by the way. Your 3-0 are the no-brainers of of John Grant Jr., Colin Doyle, and Sean Williams. It's the 3-D guys that I think really open up a, a hot debate. And is there really 3-D no-brainers? Like, that's where the real I debate is because there's not 30. a lot of consensus. Oh, there's tons. That's That's the thing. Okay, give me your 3-D. I'm going Glenn Clark. I'm going Reggie Thorpe, and I'm going Billy D. Smith for this first batch of the next three defenders to get in.
0: I'll go Steve Toll, Sandy Chapman, and Jeff Snyder. I'm gonna pick Jeff Snyder for not only look, no championships for Snyder, but not only did you know like he go toe to toe with every single heavyweight and and held his own and then some for the better part of a decade in, in Philly, uh, just like electric player, right? Like the crowd would just go nuts and Snyder would feed off the crowd. And he was just like, and then you go on top of that, really revolutionized the small circle, the face-off dot, to the point where it became an absolute specialty. And if you didn't have a number one dominant face-off guy on your team, he and and even if you did, he would dominate you 80 percent on the draw on on any given night as well. So, the best to ever do it, as far as I'm concerned, in the faceoff dot, and one of the toughest guys to ever don an NLL jersey, and was just good for the game all around. So I'm going Jeff Snyder as my my third pick there. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I know, I I totally agree with that, and I always go back. I think don taylor on tsn radio here in vancouver i don't know if this is his theory or if he adopted it from someone else but Mm. he always says when you're talking about hall of famers can you write the story of the sport without mentioning that person so if you did a comprehensive history of the national lacrosse league Mm. would jeff snyder get a chapter in that book and absolutely he would get a chapter in that book on his own so and therefore he deserves it i'm trying to bring up the list right now of uh defensive player of the year Award winners in the National Lacrosse League. That's one thing that, uh, yeah, that Paul Tutka had I pointed agree. out this week was that in the NHL, in since like the 70s, every single Norris Trophy winner is in the National Hockey League Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I and, don't
0: say just because you won a D player of the year, you should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, that's no, it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying all that either, it. but
1: I'm, I'm sure on that list, and I think that award's been around since since 01 or something like that. Um, on that list there's there's a ton of guys that should be in there but yeah i think there is something to honoring the history and if there is a guy who was the best defensive player of the year in you know 2003 or 2004 that person was a big deal and a part of a part of history so we should be on yeah you're not going to let in every award winner but i think you can make a case for guys like sandy chapman who was an award winner of that 100%.
0: 100%. Charlie Hustleman. Uh, two builders. We got to get those guys in there as well, Brad, because, well, one, that's the category we fall into. So, you know, it's important. Um, Brad Bannister, Calgary Roughnecks, former owner before uh, the Flames organization taking over, that I think was just so instrumental in, in the NLL, not only coming to Calgary, but thriving in Calgary and, and to, to the point where it is today. And just one of the most beloved owners I ever, I think ever in the National Lacrosse League. Uh, don't hear too many things about one Brad Bannister and what he did for the Roughnecks organization. So he'd be one. And then I think I would go with an official because I think we need to get a few more referees in there, Brad. And I'm going Bill Fox because he's a legend. Tell me a little bit more about Bill Fox. Well, That's I mean, a little, he's. A little bit before my time. Yeah, like, and, and, like, he was around in the glory days, and I don't know how many games he's got underneath his belt, but just, you know, like, he's right up there with the coutures, and, and, like, he, he is one of the OGs as far as referees go in the National Lacrosse League. So. Uh, legendary officiating career for one Bill Fox. I'll, I'll look him up while you're looking up the defensive players of the year and, and get you a little more information. I was
1: going to throw a shout out there because you're talking – yeah, I didn't even think about broadcasters being part of the builders category. I think that's I think the that's, category we fall into, isn't it? I Well, I, I don't know. I know there's – there's Neil Stevens is in the Hall of Fame. Tom and Borelli. And Tom Borelli is yeah. some of the only media members. Um, So, you know, if we're looking media –
0: Shanny's gonna go. I, might, in I was one gonna day. say I was
1: gonna throw I was gonna throw Shanny out there because he he is the voice. Like you know we're gonna talk about Craig Con in a second. And I went to go watch some old Craig Con tape. And like every time you bring up a championship game from yeah. the 2000s, there's Shanny. He he had he had every gig and he was the voice of the National Lacrosse League and still is uh, one of the voices of the National Lacrosse League. But he stood alone. Um, you know he stood alone there for for a lot of years. Yeah. I mean, there's been those, a lot of guys to call a lot games of on games. ESPN and yeah. TSN and. But he's he's done a great job, and he was always the guy that that I admired, and 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 was the first voice I heard when I started following this league in the, in the mid '90s. So you know, I, I'd throw a vote for Shanny, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of guys to call a lot of games, uh, play by play, and color over the years, and yeah, Gurler, yeah, I mean, no, Gertler could be a Hall of Fame. Yeah, famer like one day. Ripper will go in one day, I would think as well, right? Like these guys are tenured. Podcasters with the bandits and the Rochester night So those two will go in. Shanny will go in as well. And I, like, again, I can't remember what Frenchie said about the criteria, how long you kind of have to be separated from, but I don't know if that counts as far as builders go. Like, I yeah, don't know I don't if he, think can he, he still he be said, working he and said go two
1: in? years. He said two years for retired players, unless there's a consensus, like a John Grant jr. Or a, or a JT or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. Like there's certainly a lot of people in the hall of fame already that are still, Still part of the league, and uh, and and are part of the league when they got inducted.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, we'll see how it goes. So there you go. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot because we didn't really talk about builders, but you can think of a couple if you want. As far as I just gave you my builders. Well, Shanny, <laughs> yeah, but Shani he, I don't know builder. if he can go in. I don't know if he can go in until he's kind of like done broadcasting. I'm not sure. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, and you just gave it away, you kind of ruined the suspense of our Stampede Stallion of the Week, Brad. Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western, where uh, there's no such thing as, as bad weather as far as Stampede goes, just bad clothing. And that's why the gear from the Outback Trading Company at Stampede Tech and Western Wear is inspired by the harsh Australian Outback and features the traditional low rider duster. I actually got online and checked this thing out. I'm like, I think sounds pretty cool. And it looks pretty cool as well. It's waterproof, full length slicker. To withstand all climates, treated uh, with cotton oil skin, won't quit, much like the lacrosse player, Brad. Or check out its cousin, the Bush Ranger Jacket, as well. You can shop online, where Shopping Online is still shopping local. Stampede.ca, out there in Cloverdale since 1967. And you mentioned it, Brad, uh, Craig Kahn, our Stampede Stallion, this week. Uh, former fourth overall draft pick by the Vancouver Ravens way back when. Uh, 2003 entry draft. And moved around a little bit uh, to Craig Kahn, but this is your pick this week. So I will let you roll out why you think Craig Con, or, yeah, why Craig Con, is this week's Stampede Stallion.
1: Because it ended too soon for Craig Con and you and I were talking this week you don't remember this but we were calling the game in Queens Park Arena in the summer of 2007 where 2007. he blew out his knee it was in a playoff game uh in Queens Park when the Bellies were just i think that was um, their first they their just started. It was their three. No, it was run. the 2008 start. It was okay. it was the three year run, but it was just before that, and you can tell that they were getting close. Like Ethan Iannucci was heating up, and, right, right, and they were starting to build something special. And Craig Con was a big was a big part of that. And you and I called the game where he blew out his knee, and I all I remember was a lengthy delay. Like I remember he being on the floor for a long time, and it was like one of those scary arena fall silent moments. Um, a guy that was in his prime at the time and then never did play three NLL seasons after that, but never really to the performance level that he was pre-knee injuries, which which always feels bad. But man, oh man, when he was on fire, when he was between the ages of like 21 and 26, there were a few guys better on the right side of the floor in the National Lacrosse League than than Craig Kahn, who was a pain in the ass to play against. He was, you know, he was feisty. He wasn't the biggest guy on the floor, but he was thick and stocky, and he was a pit bull, and he got to the net hard. And championship teams followed him around for a while. Like, he he won three Minto Cups. There's only a couple players in history that have won Mm. back-to-back Minto Cups with two different teams found this on his comprehensive wikipedia page, yeah. by the
0: way. <laughs> i think his mom filled this thing out man it is, it detailed. is pretty, yeah,
1: check check it out yeah. check it out if you can there's the junior stats and everything but like you know he wins three Minto cups goes to the national lacrosse league uh vancouver and then they fold he's picked up first in the expansion draft by minnesota at the time they trade him for two first round draft picks at the trade deadline to arizona where he goes in and leads them to a he led him to the
0: championship game. They didn't Let win to it, the championship but, game yeah.
1: alongside Dan Dawson. And then the next year after that has phenomenal numbers for a couple of years in Arizona and then suffers that injury. And like, this is a guy who who put a lot of miles on in those few years. You know, he played a lot of junior lacrosse, played a lot of NLL early on, a lot of hard miles in the summer and then, you know, the knee kind of takes him out. He never really recovers after that. Yeah, and, and, and that there is Toronto, Calgary, and Washington, but not to the not to the numbers-wise capacity that he was before that. And, you know, I, I liked watching him play when he was in his prime and he yeah. was on the verge of something special. And I said he, he looked like a good teammate because championship teams seemed to follow him around wherever he was for a while there.
0: A stallion on Ant off the floor, if you know what I'm saying there, for Craig Connor as well. Uh, and just a fun dude to kind of be around and, and and to watch play. Like, he was an entertaining guy to watch. 382 points in uh, 110 career games. But you're right. Like, that, the knee injury, there are knee injuries out there, and, and not so much anymore. But when you're talking 12, 13 years ago, there were guys that would have knee injury, and they just never... Never were the same. And and Craig's was a real serious knee injury. And he just, like, he couldn't get it. He was never, like, the super quick, shifty guy to begin with. But that really hampered him. And I think it was really pain for, painful for him to continue to play as well. And he just, it's kind of the same thing as kind of Kyle Sorensen, right? Like, he just, he couldn't do it. Like, he was, the, the mind wanted to and everything, but the body just said, like, no. Like, please don't. So yeah, it was unfortunate.
1: Then then the, yeah, and that's a tough that's a tough battle to have in your in your head to go on oh, with that,
0: like the worst, it's the worst, absolute worst. So, uh, welcome to the stable, Craig. I You got some good news here to kick off 2021. You are now in the stable, and this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. That's big time stuff right there. Talking about big time is a big time player, a big time goalie, and a 2011 NLL Hall of Fame inductee, Bob. Whipper Watson next here on Lacrosse Classified Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this
2: Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones!
3: Nothing's monotone.
2: Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease.
3: Nothing's boring.
2: Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off.
0: And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are
1: available now. Tickets starting from 1995 visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is the NLL Hall of Famer Tom Marichak listening to Lacrosse Classified
2: on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network.
0: Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second quarter we go here on EP 114. J. Kelly, Brad are with you. And also with you, you just heard coming out of commercial there, the Vancouver Warriors just days away now, Bradley, from the Vancouver Warriors Academy firing up out there at the Fieldhouse in Langley starting January the 19th. Eight weeks of skills and drills. Chris Gill and company will be on hand, along with General Manager Dan Richardson with the Academy participants. Uh, This is going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, Eric Penny... We'll be starting up the Warriors Goalie Camp, which ties in beautifully here as our next guest, a goaltender, of course. Uh, so Eric Penny running the Warriors Goalie Academy. Prices out there on the website, vancouverwarriors.com. 349 plus GST or groups of 10 Warrior Academy members, season ticket holders, 299 plus GST. So it pays to be a season ticket holder for sure. vancouverwarriors.com. Check them out. Nothing's offside. On the line now, uh, first time on Lax class. Uh, Couldn't be happier to have this guy coming on. I know uh, in our group they were fired up to hear that he was coming. A six-time NLL champion. uh, Only two, I believe, only two losing seasons his entire career. 2011 NLL Hall of Fame inductee Bob Whipper Watson on the program uh Whipper, thanks so much for doing this happy new year i I guess we can still say that happy New year, thanks for doing this. uh how are things back there in Ontario, man? Well, thanks for having me on.
2: everything's wonderful here at home uh settling in with the family, just finished a long day at work and uh glad to be home
0: yeah I know uh you're you're a police officer uh for for your job and Man, I will just uh, start start by saying thank you for for everything that that you and and your guys are doing uh, during this crazy time. That's got to be stressful not only for you but for the family being a, a first responder in a pandemic. Man, well, take me through that
2: every day at work. It, it, it's got to be a challenge and, and stressful. It's definitely a challenge. Um, obviously, we've we've had to institute a lot of protocols where we're going in cleaning cruisers because everybody's you know nobody has their own cruiser. We're, exchanging equipment and cruisers all the time. So, we're doing the best we can there to uh, decontaminate, clean clean cars. Uh, and, you know, when we go into calls, we try to handle a lot of things over the phone now. Uh, you know, obviously we're wearing our masks when we when we have to have those face-to-face interactions and trying to social distance uh, and encouraging the public to do the same. So, you know, we do our best uh, to keep ourselves safe and, and the public and and those are the expectations that are put upon us.
1: We were talking uh, last week, Bob, about uh, Ian Hawksby of the Vancouver Warriors. And he's a, he's a firefighter in the downtown east side in Vancouver by day. And then, you know, it's a professional lacrosse player on the weekends. And he always said to us, like, that was really his escape, you know, like as hard as it is to play in the National Lacrosse League, his day job was a lot, was a lot harder, so to speak. Um, I think you kind of went full time after your career, but, you know what, what was what, what are you escaping to now to get to sort of clear your mind after a hard day's work
2: yeah well I still uh get to enjoy the game of lacrosse obviously now with the pandemic on it's a little bit more difficult and challenging but uh both my kids have played my my daughter plays field lacrosse my son plays box and field lacrosse so we I get to enjoy those opportunities with my wife and and we get to take in as many games as we can and uh, of course we have a A family member here a dog and I get to I enjoy it escape uh to a field somewhere or back in the bush with my dog for an hour walk a day so
1: strictly enjoying lacrosse as a spectator are you doing any coaching
2: or anything uh helping out a little bit with my daughter's field lacrosse team and uh obviously my son plays at uh, the junior level and he's down at uh Georgetown University, so just strictly a a supporter, father, and a fan.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's talk about the boy here for a second because I had a chance to call the I want 2019, I guess it was uh at the Langley Event Center, Orangeville and Victoria, and had a chance to watch your boy up close and personal. The kid can play some lacrosse now, Bob. uh Quite the shooter as well, and and still a couple more years, a junior, if I'm not mistaken uh do you ever strap on the pads get in the backyard or in the box at the track or something and and let them fire away who who has the upper hand when it comes to son and dad uh inside the inside the
2: boards no i'm wise enough not to put the pads on anymore (laughs) uh, for sure but uh as a as a as a youngster he he always enjoyed the opportunity to come down to the rink and and had a lot of time with the boys and you know idolize the the colin doyles and the josh sandersons and had an opportunity never never wanted to to
0: grab the big wooden stick between the legs and and throw the pads on
2: that was absolutely forbidden by my wife Uh, (laughs) she said one goalie in the family was enough and fair uh, enough uh, fair enough after junior game in and and you know how uh aggressive it is i don't know she might have wanted to change her mind Yeah. yeah Take us back to the beginning, Bob. Uh, where did you first first pick up the sport? And I, for a
1: lot of goaltenders, it's always like, well, someone called in sick or didn't make it that day, and I had to jump in there. You know, when did you decide uh, you were going to put the pads on?
2: Yeah, uh, it was relatively early in my career. Obviously, my dad, uh, he exposed us to the game. I was the youngest of three boys, and he's always passionate about the game. Never played himself, but was excited about it. He always thought he, if, he would have loved to have played the game. And being the youngest of three boys, obviously, I was designated to go into the net for any street hockey games or anything that was going on in the driveway. And uh, it was quickly established that uh, I was not a runner. That was not my forte. <laughs> and they said, here, kid, put on the pads. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I, I I think it was two weeks of playing out and the rest was, uh, as a goaltender.
0: Speaking with Bob Whipper, maybe you can answer that, Whipper. I know they call, call your boy Little Whipper, but where did, where did Whipper come from? Who gave you that handle? And, and uh, tell me the story behind that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's been passed along generation to generation. Uh, my father was called Whipper Watson at work just after the, uh, the British wrestler, Whipper Billy Watson. Okay. Uh, always uh, had a bit of an edge to him, so that's how he, uh, he acquired the name. Uh, then he just passed it down to me and it, it caught on with my teammates and uh yeah and since i've passed it down to him just generally speaking uh, all the old guys like i said doily would all call him little whip or something like that yeah and it and it just caught on um
0: i i want to talk about your playing career here and and mvp in 03 and in, in 11 and brad and i were talking off the top about that goaltending duel in 2011 with you and tyler richards what a what a game that was. I think about the 0-2 the Man Cup, I want to say, and, and you guys coming back in Game 7 in a low-scoring affair. Uh, and and being highly regarded as being one of the best big-game, if not the best big-game goaltenders, when the showdown and when the money was on the line, you played your best lacrosse. Where did Where did that come from? Is that something you developed over time, or did pressure never really get to you, or did you just thrive off of it?
2: No, I think it's, it's one of the things you you develop over time. And I find myself, you know, you learn a lot about yourself over the years playing the game and, and uh, you know, I just found in the bigger games, it was more coming down to just competing. That was that competitive edge that I had. And you really push those thoughts of, uh, you know, failure, those things that creep into your mind, that little self-doubt and things that shake your confidence. And in a big game, it was just strictly, I was able to focus and just, you know, I wanted to win. I just, that, that was the most important. That was the only thing that crossed my mind. And, and those other, you know, those thoughts never really creeped in my mind. And I was able to maintain a, a solid focus.
1: Well, yeah, you had enough attempts to, to get the experience, like to so be all those championships is, is pretty phenomenal. How different did you feel say in 99 versus 2011? Like how far do you feel that you had come in
2: that span? Oh, definitely. Like I said, every day you grow, and I I remember going in the '99 Man Cup, and uh, you know that, or sorry, '99 uh, for the NLL Championship, and that's you know that's the be-all end-all. You're in the big stage, here at Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, and you're just kind of overwhelmed by the whole experiences, and then you come down to 2011, uh, you know, yeah, I had 15 years under my belt you know, I didn't get distracted by all those things, you know, it's a home game and you're, you know, you're preparing uh, all your family members and friends that want to come in. So you know how to deal with those distractions and able to just to focus on, on the task at hand and, and enjoy the moments, you know, and not get overwhelmed by the whole, you know, just the whole experience. Yeah. I,
0: I I know 15 years and, and that's a long time to, to play the game and, and to play at the highest level, but you you kind of go out on top and 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 out on your own terms uh, to spend more time and in your new at your career like do you do you have any regrets in that regard Bob like do you feel like you you left some years on the table there do you think back man I should have given it a couple more goes
2: or are you or are you totally at peace with it No you know what totally at peace really important to me and like you said it was I wanted to go to my own terms I wanted to uh, you know play for the right reasons. Uh, I was purely about passion, and I, I wanted to play at that highest level that I could possibly establish. I didn't want to hang around too long and, you know, take up a spot or, or you know, go, move to a different role on the team, um, you know, and to go out with a championship with a win uh, the way it was it was storybook and I couldn't have wrote a, a, a better script. And I was, uh, you know, the tank was empty. Um, I, I loved playing the game. But it was time to move on. It was time to spend time with my family. And with the new career, there was a lot of focus, a lot of attention. And so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have wrote a better script. Speaking with Bob
1: Watson, the National Lacrosse League Hall of Famer, 2011, they waived. We were talking earlier about new guys getting in and, and having a retirement period, but your your period was waived. And we ask all of our guests here, Bob, if there's someone not in the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame right now, and you could put someone in, and you are going to have a vote when they when they open this hall up again, hopefully sometime very soon. Um, is there is there a guy that jumps to mind for you? Maybe a defender from those from those early 2000s days in Toronto. Um, you know, who who would you want to see in there next
2: year? yeah uh let's see. you know for me the jumps out I love to see uh Colin Doyle jump in oh we the game. forgot
0: we forgot to mention here whip well we we we're we're taking doyle we're taking junior and we're taking Willie off the list because those guys are automatic so you got okay. you gotta go a different
2: different route they go a little deeper a little deeper <laughs> gotta go gotta go a little deeper than that uh well if you're looking at a defender somebody that I played with over the years uh you know a guy like cam woods yeah uh yeah, what a horse! Joc-
0: absolute was, horse, hey, eh? like that guy. <laughs>
2: oh, I couldn't have been happier for anybody in that uh, 2011 team. Uh, it was a special moment. You know, he was he ragged the ball in that in the last seconds. That yeah, because uh, he I,
0: spent most of the most of his career with like Rochester and other teams and stuff, and and just caught on at the end there. But was like a you know highly regarded, well established veteran that just had never got it done.
2: Yeah, no, oh, absolutely. Uh, played him in uh, I think it was 2002 in Albany. He was part of that team. Right. Yeah, and you know he had a long career and he was always on the cusp of winning, and never did. And it was great to see him uh, throw sort of the cup over his head in uh, 2011.
0: I can't recall a guy ever really kind of lighten you up, Bob. But was there a guy in, in the league that you felt like had your number on on any given
2: night? Like you just
0: struggled to stop him more often than not.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is the obvious choice, like a John Grant Jr. Always gave me nightmares, but there's always, uh, and you're going to have to forgive me, it's either Kyle or Kevin Buchanan. Played in Minnesota, played in Boston. I could not stop this kid. He lit me up every night. He was like, Doyle's looking at me, you know, this guy's lighting you up for three or four every night. What's going on (laughs) with you? And I just, you know, he just had that sub shot i would drop he would throw it over my shoulder i'd stay up it would go low i I was just always one step behind and uh he was a heck of a shooter at least you know like he uh he he gave me fits for sure interesting i want to ask
1: i want to ask like how much how much mental capacity is still taken up in your brain based on you know tendencies of of guys from back in the day like you know if i was to throw out a name like let's let's say mark stainhouse the first thing that comes to my head you know do you know what 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 he would have thrown at you?
2: Well, you like to think, but, you know, those guys always threw a lot past me. But, yeah, I think of Stainhouse, if he's coming, sweeping across the net, he's going to probably fake far side, come back short side, or just do the straight dive across. But, you know, as as a goalie, you study the game. And I, I get that a lot from Steve Dietrich. He was the best that I've ever seen. He he just knew guys' tendencies inside and out. And that was the big part that, that gives you an edge as a goaltender because – I like to call it the the guys bread and butter shot. They'll come in and they will, they will do that same move, that same shot. If you get a read on that stick and, and, you know, it's obviously when the guys are throwing the velocity that they are, you need every edge that you can in this game. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big part of, uh, being a goaltender.
0: A couple more minutes here with Bob Whipper Watson on our calls to the hall. Um, you mentioned Chugger and and he's a hall of famer and we had him on the program as well. And, and you learn, learn reading players from him. Is there other guys that, that you kind of honed your craft looking up to and, and, and watching and learning from, and then on the flip side of that, Bob, like I know there was some pretty successful goaltenders. I think of Anthony Cosmo that, that played behind you that I'm sure you helped groom as well. Did you enjoy that kind of part of the game as well? Kind of helping the younger guys along.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, growing up, uh, you used go to the Fergus Thistle games a lot and watch a lot of Rob Mason. Uh, and then you go to the pro leagues and you watch a guy like Dallas Elliott. Uh, you know, just the acrobats and, and and what he brought to the table. Um, they had a lot of influence on myself. And and then with young guys, like I said, I had an opportunity. I mean I have I played with some tremendous talent. Uh, you had mentioned Cosmo and uh, Mike Poolin mm. and, uh, you know, uh, some of these guys, uh, Robbie Blaisdell, right. just great goalies in their own right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we'd feed off each other. You know, you're you're competing for a spot, but at the end of the day, we're all on the same team, wearing the same jersey. And, and we always tried to, uh, you know, do what's right for our team and what was best. And we learned from each other. And, and it made us better goalies for it.
1: Let's talk about the early Toronto Rock days, the dynasty days, Bob. Like we've talked, we've had Jim Veltman on the show. We've talked to a lot of people, told them telling us what they thought made that team so special. About you know, what what do you think made that group such a such a dynamic
2: and and unstoppable Sugar force not. through those yeah.
1: years? Yeah.
2: <laughs> we, we had such preparation. I mean, Les Bartley, obviously a Hall of Famer. Uh, he, what he brought to the table, I think he was just one step ahead of the game. He had a plan for everything. And we, we were such an organized team, such uh, and, and the, the character and the chemistry that we had. I mean, you know, after the game or after practice, it wasn't one, you know, few guys hanging out here and here. You, you could end up with any player at any given time and, and everybody got along. And it was just such a, a wonderful chemistry that we had. And like I said, being so prepared, we were prepared for every situation and we just wore teams down. We wore them down. We were always in tight games, close games. We always believed in ourselves, and then and then you had the leadership group like uh, Jimmy Veltman that we we took full advantage of. I mean, Jimmy's one of the best all-around players to ever play the game, and had been through any every experience. And guys were willing to go through the wall and then for had, him. And,
0: and then you had Pat Coyle like just cleaning guys' heads off if they came in well, front
2: of your crease, right? And you know, you say that Patty Coyle, and that he's probably. My the favorite player that I've played with all time. Obviously, being a goalie, you get a guy like that playing out in front of you. And, you know, I had the opportunity to play uh, Pat in junior and just seeing what impact he had on the game and uh, uh, a wonderful guy and, and a great defender.
1: I don't know how much, you're, how, how closely you're paying attention to the league now, Bob, but like when I go back and watch those games at the ACC and those, those rock championships to me, you know, when, when it's 16,000, 17,000 standing room only, it just gives me goosebumps to see those broadcasts and those old games. You know, do you think that was, that, that was kind of peak NLL? Like, can you imagine it ever getting back to it, to a place like that? We hope it does, but you know, it must've been so special to be playing and, and at your peak during that time.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Really hope to get back there because, like you said, being a part of that, watching that, and looking back on Game Take now, I watch it with my family, and it's like it, it raises the hair in the back of your neck. It was. Yeah. Uh, it, this is such a wonderful sport, and to see it in that capacity and have the fans behind you—what a great experience for everybody. Even the fan itself in the stands experiencing that is just wonderful. I still get down to the games. It's still a great game. But like you said, hopefully, uh, you know we'll get back to those 17,000 people in the stands.
0: Yeah, well, jersey hanging up in the Raptors uh, there in Toronto, and well deserved on that. Uh, Whipper, this is fantastic, man. I pre- I know you had a long day at work. I appreciate you spending a little time with here, with us on on Lax Class, and uh, congratulations on just an amazing career and being an NLL Hall of Famer, man. Appreciate you doing this.
2: Much appreciated, guys. Thank you very much. Have yourselves a good night.
0: Thank you. That uh, right there, the best. I mean, Matty is gonna give him a run for his money, no question about it, Brad. But six titles for one, Bob Watson, and It'll big never game, again. big game, Bob, man. Like, that, he,
1: like, will there will be another? Will there ever be another player that has? six championships
0: well Veltman, like I know. i know he's, got, not he's, he's not the only one there you know <laughs> like,
1: he's not the only one Veltman has more than him and Colin and yeah. doyle's right there with him with six but you know in this day and age and where the league is tough. at now I, real I tough like, i don't know if that'll ever happen again yeah. that's, and to that's, do
0: it as a goaltender like man that and to do it you know this is the trend that
1: pat o'toole chugger and bob watson had jumbo is that success and years apart is what i'm trying to say like he won a goaltender of the year in like oh one and 08,
0: right oh so longevity seven, you mean.
1: longevity but yeah. to be at the top of your game for that long like yeah. some guys if if you win two of the same league awards it's probably clumped into like a two or three yeah, or yeah, four yeah. years span you. where you're at your peak right but like he wins one at in his 30s at, in 2001 and then wins one when he's almost 40 in, in 2008 like that's 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 impressive
0: sure was uh sure was real good goaltender no doubt about that uh good interview as well that was a great chat and uh, still more hall and of Fame. think
1: about toronto rock like how many starting goaltenders they've had in the last 20 years It's it's been like two and then a little bit of change because there wasn't a lot of time between watson and nick rose you well know, there no was a couple, i mean like brandon Miller. brandon miller yeah. was in there and cosmo and,
0: was uh, there for a bit Can you imagine, like, I mean, Cosmo, I think, went on, like, when Whipper retired, he led the league in all-time saves. That's been passed now. I think Cosmo passed him, and then Vince passed Cosmo, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, think about that. Like, Anthony Cosmo was waiting in behind. Like, he wasn't a starter for a long time of his career. And it wasn't until I want to say he got to Boston before he actually became the number one and then good run in Buffalo as well. But, like, there there were years where he was backing up. Uh, pretty good stuff, man. Uh, and more Hall of Famers to come. Obviously, uh, we got some guys kind of waiting in the wings here that we're gonna line up. So, It's gonna be some fun conversations, like, uh, Chris Fritz and Russ Klein, the original owners of what was the major indoor lacrosse league back when. Uh, oh, yeah, I've gotten got in touch with Russ. He's gonna come on. He's traveling this week, so we'll line him up and. Still got TK, John Tucker, uh, Richie Kilgore... Sal Lacasio I ran his number down the other day, so we got to reach out to him. But uh, still lots of guys left on the list to talk about uh, as far as our calls to the hall go, which Brad didn't have to remind me this week, forgot last week. So I- I'm going to have to like start docking you points or something. Now, by the way, we-, we discussed this before we move on. I think we want to add that's a tough question. We want to add the- a ding. To- Are you good with that? Tough- moving forward from now on? Great question, good question, tough question. See,
1: I don't know. I think it's a tough question. It might be a tough question to answer if it's a dumb question, too. So, you know, nah. I think it's got to be good question or great question because a tough question could be, I don't know, what would you have for breakfast yesterday morning? Uh, that's a that's a tough question. You know, it might just be something that's not on top of someone's memory. Arr. I don't know. We might have to open this up. But where's Todd LeBranch on this one? Should we <laughs> okay, yes. allow yes. a third option? Is it I just a question, it great question, and tough? I just think tough is different than good and great
0: i i classify tough as being like oh that's a tough question like that's a good i guess it depends on the tone it of depends
1: the... on the question asked if yeah it's a, i if think it's a it... not
0: thought out question and it's convoluted
1: and doesn't make sense then oh that's a tough question because how am i going to answer your convoluted question dummy but if it's good question or great question then you, that's something saying i want to chew on i need to chew on this
0: yeah Alright well think about that Todd you can weigh in You're our, kind of our judge And our jury So if you're listening We've gone a couple weeks here Both of us have gone a couple weeks I know weeks. and but I don't like it So great. I want to Like I just kind of want to add A little more uh, incentive to to get some things to get on. more points yeah exactly four three for me by the way all right uh calls to the hall brad of course brought to you by stampede tack and western wear something to complement your oil skin coat or jacket why not have a look at the outback trading company oil skin hats made in a diverse range of colors and styles there's something to protect every head from mage or from mother nature's harsh elements uh, so check them out at Stampede.ca. We're shopping online, still shopping local in Cloverdale, Highway 10, 180th. Out there in Cloverdale since 1967, good run out there at Stampede. Tack and uh, got out there just uh, before Christmas. And hopefully they're 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 getting their Blundstones back. I know they like they sold so many pairs of Blundstones they couldn't ship them back on on get them back on the shelves in time. So hopefully that's changed around now that we're into the new year here. Uh, so thanks again to Stampede Tack and Bob Watson for that chat right there. Let's move into quarter three here, Bradley. Quick sticks are coming up next. We P114, lacrosse classified. Back after this.
1: Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
2: Hey, this is Bradley Cree of the Toronto Rocks. You're listening to La Croix Classified, in the game one podcast at a time.
0: Back we are on PP 114 of Lacrosse Classified, Jake Elliott, Brad Chaloner with you. And also with us is Associated Labels and Packaging back on board for 2021 at AssociatedLP.com or at AssociatedLP on your social media feeds as well. Focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family owned. Down there at Coquitlam for the last 40 years uh, and doing great things in the world of packages and labels environment on the forefront at all times there as well. For the Ashworth family and associated labels and packaging, we thank them for their continuous. support. We're gonna have to get the the spots updated a little bit here, Brad. We can't go another year with the same same commercials. So I think uh, I'm gonna reach out. We'll get some new stuff. Um, we'll get that voiced up. We'll do all sorts of stuff and and roll that out here in the in the coming weeks. So look forward to that. But also looking forward here to quarter number three because we got Quick Sticks in quarter number three, and we get to talk about Manscaped and. I was uh, just kind of cleaning up my desk here a little bit, and I came across this this thing. I don't know; you can see it, people can't, but uh, thing that I had in one of my packages here, as I I spritzed on refined cologne uh, after after my shower and my workout here today, Brad. So I was just looking at this, and and one of the things I love about Manscaped is is their marketing and how they present their packaging and and their messaging. To their consumers, and I just want to read this out here. The modern man is a man who takes care of himself. Manscaping isn't just for life's special occasions. It's a requirement for optimal health, superior hygiene, and healthy self-esteem. You now have the right tools for a safe and precise grooming in the hard-to-navigate sensitive groin area, plus post-trimming products to keep your boys dry and fresh all day long and like you can't really deliver the message any better than that that sums up everything that manscape is about
1: it really does you know i don't i don't don't want to feel like an animal i look like an animal a lot but then manscape helps you feel a little bit better about things like that so yeah 100 percent. when you're walking around and everything is everything is smooth and tight and there's no you you just feel you feel lighter I, I don't know how to describe it, but you you feel it's confidence, feel lighter. Man. It's confidence you're not, you're not, is what it is. It's not well, and I'm just talking about like you know not being all sweaty and hot and stuff like that. When you're yeah. trimmed and troomed, groomed, you just walk around with a, with a lighter tone. It's just it feels better underneath your clothes, and you you glide around like a like a pony on ice skates or something. You know? yeah. Like it's just it's smooth.
0: And and this this cologne here, this refined cologne, it's calming, it's inviting, it's like uh, it's got a little citrus burst to it, and then and then it kind of settles in. It's got that masculine finish to it as well. I quite enjoy it. Uh, I know, like, just be careful here, man. Like, if you if you put this on and you're out in the grocery store and you're wearing this, cologne, like, women just may come up and approach you. I don't like it could happen. So just prepare yourself for that sort of thing. If if you're gonna be wearing refined cologne around, I know Danny quite likes it as well. So check it out, manscape.com, and then at checkout, make sure you're using that promo code LAXCLASS20, and you get free shipping and twenty percent off your purchase. So like you're, it's a win-win here. You're you're looking good, you're smelling good, you're feeling good, you're saving money. I don't know what's not what, uh, what's, yeah, not, what's exactly, not to sign up for exactly. So check them out. Manscaped.com, promo code LAXCLASS. 20 quick sticks. Uh, this just topic has been kind of arising as of late. NHL going to advertising on their helmets spread. Uh, what do you think about corporate advertising? Not only on helmets, but we see this in like Premier League in soccer. They go like full front jersey of the of the title sponsor. What do you think about corporate advertising on jerseys and helmets?
1: Hey, with the year that that... The world has had the national lacrosse league has had. I think we're have we'll have to one hundred percent see it going forward, and we're gonna have to stomach it. And, and I'm fine. It's all about it's all about making a buck, you know. The the front of the jersey is supposed to be a sacred thing, but yeah. this league needs to leagues need to survive and need to make a couple of dollars. And I'm fine with it. I just think things need to be cleaned up though. Like I picture. I picture like the Georgia Swarm helmets. Yeah, and, like, busy. How, how are you gonna? How are you gonna busy. put a? How are you gonna put an advertising on that? Like I think every helmet might have to simplify a little bit and clean yeah. up a little bit. A
0: little sticker um, on the back or something, maybe. Not to make it look too
1: NASCAR and, and tacky. Yeah, like you don't want to go full European hockey, right? Like you know what? The wanna... jerseys have them. Was Alterna not on the jersey yeah, last season? Surely, like sure the, it was. Jer- Sure it was. I and mean you look at Peterborough on the back.
0: Bug Juice, uh which was just awful. Just but, don't sell your name. Don't yeah.
1: call yourselves the the Bug Juice Excelsiors or the, No, I know. You know. And even the Century Twenty One Lakers doesn't doesn't rub me the right way. No. But
0: Yeah, I mean put it this way though. There's like, there's, a line, there's, a, there's a line. There is a line, but it doesn't it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of watching the sport and watching the athletes do their thing. Like I think you get past the fact that it has 7 Eleven on the jersey somewhere rather than like, oh I'm not going to the game because they have Uber on their helmet. Like I'm not like nobody's saying that, but you don't want to go too far overboard where it's like the the you lose the brand. Like you know, don't, I mean,
1: yeah, don't disrupt the brand and don't disrupt history. If you're not changing someone's name or changing the logo on the front of the jersey, you're just having a little add-on, like a shoulder patch or or a crest on the front. You, you have to, you have to make those decisions nowadays because money. Yeah. And brands want to be integrated. It's not the same to just, you know, buy a, buy a rink board anymore. You need, you want to have more integration with the players. You want to get in the high res photos and in the videos and the highlight clips, you
0: need to be in there. And I think it's smart. As do I. Um, speaking of smart, some smart guys on inside the nest coming up this week uh, with their, our buddy Tyson Geike, who will be hosting that. Uh, I believe our, our friend Ted Jenner, and, and shout out to Teddy right now, is going through a bit of a tough time with with his dog, Bear. I'm not not exactly sure how things are progressing there, but Bear is going through a tough time, which means Teddy is. So thoughts going out to our pal Ted Jenner. And uh, I, I believe Tyson going to have uh, Ryan Banesh, Cody Jameson, and Teddy on the next Inside the Nest. So look forward to that. And... I think we, as in me and you, are going to hook up with Tyson as well and do some uh, season previews for the Lacrosse Flash website, which uh, should be a lot of fun. We've got to find a cool location that we can socially distance and, and shoot these things, but I think we'll make it happen here in the next few weeks as well.
1: Yeah, and, and Tyson and the crew at Lacrosse La Flash keep keep continuing to pump out the most premium premium content out there like the austin's articles and adam levy's articles are fantastically written and get into some some really neat subject matter and just the look the visuals of everything that that the flash rolls out i'm happy that uh they get to be a part of that yeah you
0: got mackie jenner you got Cunningham, you got uh, aiden york in there as well lots of uh fingers in the pie there grandpa
1: speaking of uh, i'll throw a shout out there because i know it wasn't on your quick sticks mm. list but another fantastic piece by uh the dude at, at playing from behind yeah. again this week really good. talking about talking about the best uh goaltenders in transition the most valuable goaltenders. Um, From the passing standpoint and there was two guys that jump out as Christian Delbianco and Nick Rose. Delbianco Bradley. Delbianco um, two of the best passing the two best passing goaltenders in the National Lacrosse League in terms of uh, assists that are actually turning into transition goals and Delves does it like no other. Like he'll chase a loose ball into the corner yeah. and feed it to someone. Else. Like he's got an uncanny ability to do it. Shane Simpson helped him out. Like the statistics on that website show that Shane Simpson was actually the highest scoring transition player in the league last year. When you talk hmm. about the goals and assists that he actually gets in transition, now so broken down by film. Yeah, Shane Stinson, and, and probably the fastest pair of legs in the National Lacrosse Pretty scene, quick. So. Well, Ethan Tysurst
0: uh, coming to camp next year there in Calgary as well. And, and man, I'd like to watch that foot race. They man. should race them on first day of camp. They should. They they might. Who knows? Uh, speaking of, of content, uh, NLL, new website for NLL.com. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but they kind of officially launched it uh, last week. So check that out, NLL.com. Uh, it's... it's it's going to be good. Like, I, I, I really kind of like the new design. It's pretty easy to navigate, and, and I think some new features will be added as we move along, and some other teams have kind of, like, hopped on board. So there's some synergy between all the teams on the website now. So things looking good there. What else do we got here on QuickSticks, Brad? QuickSticks. A uh, couple of dates to keep on your calendar here. Jed, look at the, this coming up, Brad. This is like, what, like Thursday? January the 14th, BCJALL entry draft. It's uh, I, I want to say it's U16, Brad. U, you can't call it midget anymore is where I'm going with this. So the B, entry draft for Junior A Lacrosse, going to be webcast live. We are hosting this thing virtually and uh, looking forward to this. Going to be a bit of a challenge this year with not having any season last year and not getting a chance to watch any lacrosse and then no Junior so this will be a, a, a bit of a challenge for us, but I think when it's me and you, we can we can get through it together. Well, it,
1: it'll be a challenge for everybody. Like these are junior A teams drafting guys that they haven't seen play for a year and who were 15 at the time. <laughs> Like I that's, know, that's, that's God. taking a blind flyer on a, you know, some string being 15 year old kid from Semiamu. Out, yeah. What does he look like as a junior A player in, in 2021 or 2022? Like it's, it's going to be flyer Delta. My Delta Islanders hold the, hold
0: the first pick. Yeah. So hold, number one. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean,
1: from somewhere, but Semi and Maple Ridge can, can, can continue to be two of the, two of the hotbeds for, for towns in here in the lower mainland, the BC junior A lacrosse league that don't have junior A teams um, Maple Ridge and Semi Amu continue to churn out uh, yeah. some of the some of the greatest players that are entering the Junior A league in the yeah. last couple of years.
0: So check out the BCJALL Twitter feed. They got the link pinned on their Twitter account uh, for the stream, and we'll be doing that. I believe it's a 6:30 Pacific time. If you're starved for some lacrosse content, uh, you want to watch the draft, you can do that. And then uh, coming up, uh, starting January 18th, the Virtual Lacrosse Summit. Uh, Jamie Monroe, who's done a bunch of these, has asked me to kind of hop on board and help him out with this. Kind of do like a box lacrosse content uh, portion of this lacrosse summit. They're going to be doing like one or two virtual chats a night for about four or five weeks straight. And there's women's lacrosse, there's field lacrosse, there's box lacrosse, there's officiating, there's like everything you can imagine. And all the best experts are going to be talking about their whatever topic they want. I have lined up, just to give you an idea here, Brad, I have Jeff McComb, head coach of. The Saskatchewan Rush, three time NLL champion, four time uh, Minto Cup champion coach. Paul Day, GM and head coach of the Philadelphia Wings. Rob Williams from the Calgary Roughnicks. Kyle Sorensen from Team Austria. And uh, Pete Tellis, I'm not going to tell you where he's coaching quite yet, but that should be announced in short order as well. He'll be coming on the virtual. Lacrosse, some of that gets going January 18th. Uh, I will post a link to that on my Twitter feed. So stay tuned for that. But uh, you can sign up for this. It's free and it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to be just kind of going every single day for about a month straight. You can check out these different webinars. Will so, it be
1: on demand or, or yeah, the next, next morning? Yeah,
0: hundred percent. So no, no pressure there. Something else that will be on demand coming up on January the twenty fourth. I don't know. I don't really think a, lo, a whole lot of thought went into this when scheduling this uh, roundtable for the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. I, I still might uh, take issue and, and bring this to the to the powers that be. Brad, January twenty fourth. I want to say at one thirty or two o'clock, which is right. Dab smack in the middle of conference championship football uh, as far as the NFL goes. So that's the AFC and the NFC championship <laughs> games on that day. You might want to get that bumped. <laughs> and we're talking to Josh Sanderson, Pat Coyle, Russ Hurd, Dan Stroop, and John Fusco, who I'm all pretty confident enjoy themselves a little football as well. So right now, it's scheduled for <laughs> January 24th. I might lobby my... my displeasure in a group chat and see if we can bump this thing up a day to the 23rd what do you think i would i would vote for that okay i support you that is it for quick sticks here on ep 114 we got one quarter to go it'll be a quick one on the other side it's jim l spec with something else keep it right here lacrosse flash podcast network Hey, this is Jesse King of the Calgary Roughnecks and Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, throwing the game one podcast at a time. Back on quarter four, Lax class. No more breaks here on EP 114. Jake Kelly, Brad with you. And uh, quick fourth quarter here. Uh, so let's not waste any time. And let's try something else. Let's begin.
3: All right now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else.
0: Oh, let's try something else.
3: Hey, Jake and Bradley, it's Jim Els here. Time for another week of something else on the Lacrosse Classified Podcast. Two quick little topics here. I'll bang the first one out right quick. Happy birthday to my old man, Tony. He would have been 80 today. He died a long time ago. He died when he was 49, but January 10th is always a special day for me. I look up, I look down, wherever the heck you are, old man. Happy birthday. The next topic is the NLL Hall of Fame. The NLL has done a pretty poor job of celebrating. Celebrating the players and uh, considering that it's a players league and the The whole thing is built on the shoulders of players. Uh, That's got to be rectified. It's time to pop the cork on the old Hall of Fame bottle, uh, fill it up uh, with some players, bite the bullet, and use this downtime, this uh, COVID downtime, to celebrate the players and get some interest back into the league. Uh, Lots of players deserve it of the nod to the Hall. Uh, That's it for this week. Have a great week. Uh, Take care. Ciao. Good times.
0: There he is, Jim Else with something else. So uh, we currently do not have a sponsor for something else. Uh, spot open here in 2021. If uh, if you got yourself a, a business and want to jump on board with Lacrosse Classified, hit me up at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Speaking of that, Brad, before we get on to, to how we feel about something else, what we just heard there. A quick shout-out to David Salisbury, who who sent us a lovely email over the weekend saying, and I, and I feel bad for not even noticing, but Dave's got off of social media and still listens to the program. It just took time to send us an email saying how much he still enjoys listening to the show, and, and thanks for, for giving him the info about Rocco because he didn't know about that. And uh, I just thought, like, and you said it best, Brad, like Saskatchewan fans are the best. Like, they're just so nice and polite, and they love lacrosse, and they – I don't know. They just take the time. You know what I mean? Like they just make the effort and
1: they're, and they're passionate. Like they're, they're, if I put something out on Twitter or say something on, on the show, like they are the first to comment on something. Hey, you said this three (laughs) weeks ago, blah, 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 blah. But I I appreciate that. And that, that goes a long way. They are passionate fans who do their homework and, and want to know about their team and want to know about their sport and want to continue to get educated and learn. And they will have a voice um, they've already got characters they've already got grandma rush and and rush hulk and like there's not a lot of buildings around the league that have characters like that that come out on a consistent basis so God. i love the the, the fans in, in saskatoon i got a chance to meet david at the, the at the world. world indoors last year and he, he's a great dude too and and the, and the one time that i got to call the game in saskatchewan was a fantastic night right, we're know, sitting, i forgot pre-game. that you're sitting
0: right beside me there Pre-game and
1: postgame getting to shake some hands and meet people it was a really cool experience and yeah the rush I do have the best fandom in the national lacrosse League. i could i don't have to boldly say that i think that's that's a that's a known fact bandit fans might get a little aggressive with me but yeah. they've, they've got the history there but the rush fans, <laughs> the rush fans are real yeah. in a short period of time it's 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 fantastic yeah well
0: three championships uh, will surely help that but i can't wait to get back into saskatoon and and See the cast of characters uh, that I always do when, when I'm patrolling through Sass Center there. So thanks for the email, David. Uh, and thanks to Jim Else for something else. And a bit of a different approach here from Jimmer this week. Talking about how, like, we we still don't know. And we talked about it in the open. Like, what's going to happen in April? There's still a lot of guys that deserve to get into the hall. But Jim's saying just kick the doors right off the hinges here. And let's... If we're not playing and it's a positive, like, let's just start inducting all the people into the hall that deserve to be in there. And maybe we spread it out over the course of a few months here and get everybody in, do it, soak it up one year. And, like, the problem with it is, is that you don't want to disrespect any of the inductees by not giving them enough Attention or spotlight yeah, t- for them. It
1: takes the shine off. Right, takes to it takes the left of the
0: luster. So you got to space it out. But if there's no season until November, we got some months to, to honor these guys properly here. So, not a bad suggestion here from Jimmer that maybe we load up and just put like 12, 14 guys in here.
1: I, I don't know. I I think I'm in the. I feel that it would take the shine off of of the guys. And this is a very special class that's going to go in with you know two of the yeah. top three players of How all time, John Grant Jr. and Colin Doyle. Like I think this one breathes. I think eight eight people potentially going in, and that could be more. Like that's what Mike French said to us in September. Was it was going to be three offensive players, three defensive players, and two builders. That was in September. They might go. Hey, there's no season. Let's change that. Let's bump it up to. A, 10 or 12 if they didn't i would be happy with eight because now when the hall rolls out it's going to be a consistent thing it's not going to be like okay this is going to be here's eight here's yeah, eight this you year keep doing and eight, now next year can we're catch gonna catch up like you can catch up exactly if, if exactly and right. now and then the next one will be you six waited or this long that, and you do another six or head. eight and yeah exactly so i'm i'm okay with that get these guys in let's wait and you know heck we're already in january 2021 we don't know when the hall is going to be announced it could be in the next couple months and then the next one is going to probably get they can start rolling out nominations and things like that uh to kick off the start of the season in in december of, of 2021 so it's like we we might get a chance to talk about this two different classes twice mm-hmm. this year yeah uh, essentially
0: okay. all right jimmy i take it back brutal idea you suck
1: terrible take
0: <laughs> terrible take <laughs> Just kidding. No, I think some valid points on, on both sides there. So uh, we'll see how see how the NLL Hall of Fame inductees uh, proceedings take place here as we, we move along into 2021. I think that's it. We should also wish Jim's late father a happy birthday as well. Tony, I know, uh, was an important man to our friend Jim, and uh, so much so that he named his first son. Tony as well. So
1: there you go. Anytime, man. We'll talk to you, uh, talk to you guys next, next week at this time, who yeah. are we can chase down? Mike? Uh,
0: give us your suggestions, slide into the DMS or email at lacrosse classified at gmail.com. You can follow Brad challoner at Brad Chow. I am at PXP for sports. The show is at laxclass on Twitter at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. I did get Lax Class secured on TikTok. We haven't done anything on there yet, Brad. But feel free if uh, if you want to take over the TikTok account at Lax Class on TikTok. Uh, and I think that's it. Big thank you to Bob Whipper Watson for coming on the program and to our fabulous sponsors, of course, Stampede Tag, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, and Manscaped. And to you, of course, the loyal listener for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single week right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. We're done. For Brad Schellinger, I've been Jake Elliott for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator. Stay safe and stay healthy, everybody.